Welcome to the Falls Nine Podcast, Episode Six. My name is Santiago. I'll be your host today. Uh, fellas, how are we doing today? Doing okay. Ready to rock. Edwin, how are you? Oh man, huge weekend that just passed. Big transfer updates that we got for you guys. Yes, transfer market's finally over. Our boy Fabricio Romano could finally sleep. Uh, we also got to talk about what happened over the last weekend in the Prem and around Europe. But first. Viva Ronaldo, boys. See! He is back at United. Edwin, what do you expect from him at United? Is this a good deal for them? I mean, this would be a great deal for anyone, honestly. I'm, obviously, the, we, this is a couple of days, days fresh now, but the morning of Friday, dude, I was, I was completely dumbfounded. Like, I had no... I was such in shock, obviously, since I'm a Manchester City supporter, you know, the, the previous day of, of the news coming out that he signed for United, there were big reports that he was like so close to joining City and United just kind of came up from under us and, and snagged them. So, yeah, no, this is huge for them. United have had an amazing transfer window this past summer. Um, so... It's going to be obviously amazing to see him back in the Premier League because because of the star power that he has. So very excited. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United, the, the reunion that was a match made in heaven, it seems to be. Um, Friday morning, he had us scrambling on our phones, like Edwin said, uh, even though Edwin woke up at like 12 p.m. They didn't even see the news. Um, I was out late the night beforehand. Give me some credit. No credit, but whatever. Literally, you know, he's at the brink of joining Manchester City. City don't want to pay the fee. They're telling him to terminate the contract. And then, boom, Ronaldo gets a call from probably Alex Ferguson, Gary Neville, Wayne Rooney, and Real Ferdinand. And he's like, I got to go to United. Because the fans weren't going to let him live it down. They were already shunning, they were already turning on him. Santi, you turned almost turned on him. No, I, I I listen. I didn't turn on him. I was mad at the fans who were turning on him because it's a decision, yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't have blamed him if he went to City. At the end of the day, it's it's on us if he went to City, not not him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, well, Santi, uh, this is this is your favorite club. What what are you feeling? It. Uh, I woke up at seven a.m. seven thirty ish on Friday. And I saw a tweet, not from Fabrizio, from someone else who's like, United were making a late push for Ronaldo. I'm like, ah, don't get my hopes up. And then, <laughs> and then Fabrizio tweeted like uh, uh, Jorge Mendes was talking to both City and United. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm getting my hopes up. And then freaking Ole, yo, put his, put his balls on the table and just like, yeah, we, we're here for Ronaldo. We are here. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. There's no way it's going to happen. And I believe it was 1015. I have my notes. Hold on. I have the timestamps. Where was it? 932. City. There's a there's a statement that city pull out and I'm like losing my mind. I'm at work right now. I am losing my mind. And then at 933. So uh, a minute later, you uh, Allegri confirms that he leaves Juve. And one hour later, United uh, Fabrizio tweets that United uh, give him a contract. Ten minutes later, they give they give you uh, Juventus a bid. <laughs> Within literally like thirty more minutes, it was confirmed. He's coming back to Old Trafford, and man, I was actually in tears at my desk. I was willing to get fired just to keep 
just to just look at all the content in social media. So many players were tweeting. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was the it's been a long time since I felt this happy about my team. Not going to lie. But anyways, do you guys think uh, with Ronaldo, this is make them uh, title favorites or anything? Uh, Edwin? Uh, I mean, on if I'm being honest, I never really took them out of the title contention because, you know, as we've seen United over the past like two, three years and they've they've been stepping up their game a little bit. They just haven't really been able to get over the hump. Um, but no, with the market that they've had, you know, bef- before bringing in Ronaldo, having Sancho, Varane, um, et cetera, coming in, like that's huge game changers for them already as is. And they were, they were, they were up there for me to, to contend for the title. And then Ronaldo just kind of solidifies that. And, you know, looking over like what, you know, pundits have to say about it um, over in Europe, they, they feel like it's obviously a great addition and you know, it's Ronaldo. He's a serial winner. He's driven and motivated to the max and he's going to, he's going there for titles and for personal accolades, you know, but they weren't too convinced that the pundits weren't too convinced that it would be enough to win the Premier League or win the Champions League, but to get an FA Cup, uh, EFL Cup, then yeah, sure. And then that'll be steps in the right direction for United. But I, I don't know. I think I think they could very really, really challenge for the Premier League title this season. Definitely, especially with Ronaldo. And I, I never wrote them out from the from the title contention. Uh, Louis, do you think I know remembering back to your predictions, I think you predicted to be fourth. Um, do you think this puts puts them at least third, maybe second? I know I, mean, I don't I personally don't think they're still the, the favorite favorite, but do you think this puts them ahead of the other title favorites? Um, yeah, that's right. I had United fourth, Liverpool third. Um, I think it puts them closer to to Liverpool. I don't think it gets them the second place though. Um, I think you know a lot of the a lot of the United faithful, you know, they they love Ronaldo back, but I think that that Matic and Fred combination is still something to worry about there. And you know, is it enough to contend for the title? Are they is Ollie the still the manager for the job? I know you have your questions about him. I know the fans do, but it's all it's all jubilation and hysteria right now for the United fans. They're probably thinking they're gonna win the Champions League. But I, I think we I think we have to see how things come together. It wasn't the most impressive win at the weekend, by the way. But we'll talk about that later. You know, yeah. But you know, we'll see how it how it pans out. He definitely adds a different mentality to the team. We know Ronaldo's mentality is insane and he scores loads of goals. Um, to go on that point about Ole, my biggest, I don't want to say relief, but my biggest thing that I'm excited for about this move is this move gives uh, Solskjaer no excuse. He has to win a trophy. So either by the end of the season, we win a trophy and our, I think he, they have to finish second, but if they finish third, but the, and they're out of a, First place by like less than eight points. I still think it's still not bad, but we have to win a trophy. And if he doesn't win a trophy, I think he should get sacked. So that's where I'm more like, okay, intrigued. Like, okay, no more excuses, bro. You have the team. You should win a trophy. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying win the EPL, win the, win the Champions League. But can you get to semifinals of the Champions League with this team? Of course. Can you get, can you get to like the last second of that day or last day of the, 
of the league calendar and be like in contention for the title? Of course. Can you win a fucking FA Cup? Of course. Carabao Cup? Forget about it. Like, there's no way. Like, we, it's going to really uh, answer the big question. Is Ole right for, the, um, right for the job? I know a lot of pundits and a lot of people in myself has, have doubted him. But listen, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I know it's make it or break it for him. So I don't know if, uh, Edwin, you agree with me or not, but that's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, to, I agree with you to a certain extent. You know, just to go back to the point that you're making, I do think now with the inclusion of Ronaldo, the toolbox is, is pretty full for him. You know, you can make the argument that his toolbox is kind of overflowing, but it's this is like a perfectly set up team. Like, and I think the only missing piece of the puzzle that you guys need is, is just that that holding midfielder that can that, you know, transitions the play from defense to, to offense uh, where Pugba has kind of been lacking in. And, and Fred, I don't think is, is good enough for the job. And McTominay, he shows up here and there. But still, I don't think that he's the solid person. You know, you, you think of your Paul Scholes and your Michael Carricks and, and players of that stature. That's something that United's really missing. But so far, it seems like they have everything set up perfectly fine to definitely make a good run in the Champions League and, and really push these title favorites that are ahead of them 100%. And success, I, I definitely see them winning at least a domestic cup this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I don't know. I think we're, I think we're getting a little too excited here. I think there's a lot to see. Hold on. You think, you, you think it's overreaction to say they could win the F they're going to, they should win the FA cup and like the Carabao cup. I feel like, I think, pretty... I think, I think the team's been good enough to do that for years. Um, they won one with a Van, Van Hall squad years ago. That was way less than this is now. I would say. Yeah, but the draw was perfectly for them. They didn't face like a top six team. I mean, were they better than Arsenal two years ago? Yes. When they, they won the FA Cup? Uh, City and Chelsea. What did we lose to? No, we lost this. No, we lost to City in this. Well, EFL has been City every time. We're yeah. not better than City. Uh, last year was a bad loss against Leicester. But I don't consider that a bad loss. I'm more, I'm more considered a bad loss because we missed an opportunity to get to the final. If that makes sense, because there was Southampton after. Um, I don't know. Last year, like I said, I don't remember if you remember me saying, I was like, I need a final. I need a final. And that should be. And then second place challenging for the title. They didn't challenge just, for the title. Oh, no, sorry. I'm saying my perspective as a fan. Okay. Um, uh, uh, they did that progression. Like, I know I, I see your point of like, they've had the team, but I don't really... Sadly, the expectations kind of went low because of how low they went sometimes. So as a fan, at least for me, I really never expected them to win an FA Cup until now. So in, in right. my in my head as a as a manager, I'm bringing in Ronaldo at 36, 37. I don't think I'm going to throw him into random FA Cup games, in my opinion. You know, no, when, but he could he could win you like a he could come off the bench. We have enough subs. Oh, we have plenty of people to play. He has to start every game. Okay. Put in Greenwood. Put in Greenwood, and then seven seventieth minute, you need a goal. Ronnie, baby, let's go. Run it back. Yeah, Santi, you, yeah, Santi, you mentioned Greenwood. 
now with the inclusion of Ronaldo, does this kind of does this mess up with his development? You know, he's in he's on fire right now. Three goals in the last three games. I think I think it really just depends how um, Ole plays them. Um, I mean, it's, it helps that uh, Rashford's hurt for like the next. He's still injured. He's going to be out for the next at least still two more months. Yeah. Um, he's tend to at least last season. I, I see he tends to really only play the people he trusts. He really trusted Greenwood. So, I mean, it really depends where he plays him. Does he does he feel the the, the need to always play Sancho? I know he's going to feel the need to always play Ronaldo. I know that. And again, he's not going to play him every game. But uh, for the most part, he's going to be part of like the first team. I'm curious of how he's going to play. I could see him playing uh, Ronaldo and Greenwood up top. I could see playing Ronaldo and Cavani up top. It, really, the question is how, you, if you, how offensive you want to go. Because I was looking at the, at the heat map of the last game when they played three up top. What they did is they played, they pretty much left Juan Bisaka in the back. So they played, when they would attack, they played three at the back. Fred right in front of them. You let Luke Shaw go up. Sancho would slide a little more to the middle with, uh, I believe, Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood. And then Dan James on the right. So it just really just depends how they're going to mesh together. So I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm excited. I yeah, just know we're. Get that. You look I, at that squad and it's a lot of attacking power. I just think we just got to score, man. It's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to criticize your team, but like I, at one point, what was Pep's best like defense offense? Correct. Not anymore. Like, I know you have a great defensive team now, but like, say, like two years ago, it was, it was, was, it was having possession of the ball and yeah, just dominating scoring the game a lot possession and, and scoring, scoring a lot. Yeah. Can we do that? I believe that. That's it. That's all. That's that's that's, that's how I see it. But anyways, right. a, a little bit more of a uh, sadder news. I don't know if sadder is a word. Excuse me, uh, people in the, uh, listening to me. English is my second language. But um, <laughs> our boy Mbappe not moving to Real. R.I.P. Tic-tac. Louis, are you disappointed? How are you feeling? There's a lot of perspectives to look at this by. Um, Real Madrid perspective, you obviously want, you know, you've been you know this guy wants to come to your team. They they threw out three bids, 180, 100, whatever, and 200 million this morning as a last, you know, sort of ditch. This is a guy that is going to be your, your superstar for the next 10, 12 years. Um, so obviously you're disappointed in that sense. PSG, you know, you've offered this guy a lot of opportunities to renew his contract. I, I saw today that they offered him a 45 million euro a year contract extension until 2024. He rejected that just because they knew it's like, hey, stay till 24. You could even go to Madrid by the end, by, you know, in between that contract time. He right. still said no. Um, so PSG are kind of throwing all their eggs in this basket where they want to win the Champions League this year. And they think the best way to do that is with Mbappe on the team. And I think if you're Killian, you know, you're kind of disappointed because you don't want to leave on bad terms. You wanted them to at least get money out of you for, for the sale. And now, you know, it's expected him to, to leave on a free next year. So I think that just puts the it just puts the hot seat on PSG to, to win this UCL and make sure it's worth it. Me personally, I think it's going to happen regardless, whether it's this year or next year. I think it puts Real Madrid in a way better position to go crazy in the transfer market next year when they'll have the revenues, no COVID, They'll have the the salary cap up. The stadium's done, so the stadium's done. The stadium's complete. 
Yeah. And it'll just make for an even bigger window for Florentino to play with. So I guess from perspective of both sides, it depends on the Champions League plays out for PSG. But me personally, I wanted to see Mbappe at the Bernabeu this year. Um, now, Edwin, on a lighter note, do you think Mbappe made the right choice by not forcing the move? Because he really never forced it. He really just said, I'm not renewing. But he never really handed that transfer request. What do you think? I, I mean, look, I think, and, you know, you and I were sp- speaking about this earlier today. I think the way that he's gone about this whole, you know, roller coaster of a ride in terms of whether or not he's leaving, I think the way that he's handled it has been miraculous, you know, because he's played, he, he's shown up. In, in every game so far for PSG this season in Ligue 1, and he's he looks like he's just been enjoying himself out there. He's not letting, you know, the the fans' emotions about the whole situation, like, affect his performances and his attitude and trainings and stuff like that. So I think the way that he's gone about this has been fantastic. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember in our first episode, I said that I would I would love for – Mbappe, contrary to to my initial opinion that I do think that it's best for his development, for him to leave PSG, I would love to see him stay and see out his current contract to see what he can do on this team now that Messi's on there and see how far they can go. And then, you know, he could leave on a free. But what's mad to me is, you know, today it was reported that Real Madrid put out a 200 million euro bid for Mbappe that was rejected and my, my initial reaction is where the hell are they getting this money from to to just put out the 200 million euro bid one and then number two if you're looking at both parties it's I don't know what's crazier like if you're PSG and you get an offer of 200 million euros and this player is leaving next year for free you're and you're not accepting that and then also, on the other hand, if you're in Madrid, you, there's a player that you want who you could get for free next year, but you're putting in a 200 million euro, uh, euro bid. Like, it's just mad. Like, I don't understand. Like, who's, who's dumber in this case? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I, I think that the negligence by PSG is laughable. It's crazy, yo. This, like, I, I don't, I, I guess they're still holding out hope that he's going to resign, but all signs so that he's not going to resign and i think i i get the the perspective of like listen we have this incredible team uh we're going to talk about the, the latest uh transfer uh deal that they had this uh, today later on in the pod and they literally they're second they have two players for every position top quality for every position and so i could see them thinking like yo like this is their best chance to win the champions league like, we have to all go all it all in for it but like what happens if they don't win Cause like let, let 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 me say like let, let's see Neymar gets injured that could happen like let's see Ramos is not injured he's already injured already like it's just it's a lot to gamble with um but let's see I don't know man I I I, I don't know what their plan is I know they they're trying to go all in in Champions League but I, it's just bad business um on whose end oh on PSG I think Real had to do it. Real have to show that they want the player. I don't think I, I don't I know you kind of could criticize him for like, listen, you're about to get the player. But at the same time, it's like it's not a guarantee. He might switch his mind. It's like, oh, I'll go to another team. I'm not saying he's not going to leave. All I'm saying is just like, 
maybe someone gives them a better contract offer. Like, I don't know, maybe City, maybe United. It's yeah, gonna make I him. Mean, it's gonna make him think. I'm not saying he's gonna do it. He's gonna take it, but it's gonna make him think twice. Yeah, but you can, you know, yeah, anything can happen within the next year of the, of his of his contract. But you know, like Lewis has pointed out numerous times, like this is this is the team of his dream. Real Madrid to go to Real Madrid, that's his dream, and I don't see that changing. Um, and on for Real Madrid's perspective, looking outside from the outside in. You know, they can definitely be having conversations behind closed doors saying like, look, it's it's obvious you want to come to us and we would obviously love to have you. All right. PSG is not willing to sell you. Just come to us next year and then we'll we can do something there because I feel like it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Regard, like I feel like it's just going to happen, you know, so I don't I don't think waiting one one more year for it is is necessarily a, ba- a bad business. It would be bad for PSG's end since they would be losing money on this and not being able to sell this player and get money for him. But in Real Madrid's case, I think I think they're in the best seat. They're they're in a crazy seat. Uh, I seen some tweets today of some possible Real Madrid summer 2022 scenarios, and I'm just like, this is going to be, you know, we talk about how kind of down they are right now. This could be a crazy team next year because they're, you know, they brought in some people that we're going to talk about later. Um, they have the opportunity to bring in guys like Kunde next year or Pogba on a free and Bappe on a free. They could go out and maybe persuade the lit to come over and sell some some dead weight and like Bale and Hazard and you know guys like that that they don't want anymore. And it could it could be a uh, a big Galactico summer next year. But you know we'll wait and see. Yeah, I told you guys Galactico three point is coming. And actually, let's just let's just transition now. Let's talk about. One of those first, those latest uh, transfer deals, Kamavinga, thirty-one million. I forget thirty. Let me see the exact. Let's see, Eduardo Kamavinga, thirty-four point point one million dollars, for uh, I believe it's thirty million euros. But yeah, what do you guys think of that transfer? Is he gonna? Is he gonna like actually pan out, or is he gonna flame out? Because he is pretty young, and like we know he's like a very potential superstar, but. He has. He didn't have the best season last year with Rens. What do you think, Lewis? No, and you know he didn't have the best season last year. But we've heard from. I think I've heard about this guy for the last three years now. Since he was sixteen, he's only eighteen now. That he has potential to be a world beater in a couple of years. Um, I think this is excellent value for, you know, a guy that many clubs are were supposedly you know waiting to to swoop in for. Um, Obviously, he has his choice of what teams he wants to actually go and sign to, but he, he was going to leave on a free as well. He was, you know, running out his contract. So good for, for Rens to cash in. Um, I think, you know, he, this is the first part of replacing that Kroos and Modric midfield at Madrid. And, you know, hopefully he'll get some good developmental minutes. He, you know, he's still, you know, like I said, he's still very young, only 18. And I think he'll, he'll have a lot to provide for the team in the future once they team him up with, you know, the next set of Galacticos. And he's just he's just the first building block right here. Evan, do you think Kamavinga made the right choice by going to Real? It, we, we said it numerous times. When 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 Real Madrid comes knocking, you know, it's how could you say no to that? And he's 18. He's going to be training at, like, you can make the argument, the best club in, in the world, definitely the best club in terms of, of trophies, uh, Champions League wise, um, so it's massive facility. You know, 
amazing coaching staff. He's, he's going to be well taken care of. And, you know, Lewis said it best earlier, even when Florentino Perez loses, he still wins because they couldn't get Mbappe. So it's like instantly they were able to get another sensational generational type talent in Camavinga. So it's, I think, I think for his process and his development career wise, I think this was, this was a great choice. I don't know how much game time he's going to get, but you know, the, the training aspect and betting on himself, I think, it, I think it pays off. Yeah. I think Lewis made up a good point, brought up a good point that um, how they needed to find replacements for like Modric and Cruz. They're getting up in age. So it, it is interesting to see how much he'll play. But as I saw over the weekend, and we could talk about that later as well, they do need a change. It's the most bunders and crews weren't playing. And I midfield it was like pretty slow, not as fluid, not, not as much chemistry. And listen, these, these, these guys are not going to play till they're 40. They're getting up at age. So no, interesting move. Good move. And like I said, I believe last podcast this is the beginning of the Lacticos 3.0. Just watch out for next summer, bro. Even when Florentino loses, he wins. Let's go. All right. Well, let's go to another uh, deal. Let's go to uh, let's go to the Bundesliga thing that I brought up a couple episodes ago. Uh, Marcel Savitzer joined Bayern from Leipzig um, for a thing about 15 million uh, euros. So Edwin, is this fair? Is this, is this, what Bayern doing is fair. <laughs> they're going to they're win every year. Why do they keep doing this to everyone? Oh, my God. I mean, it's funny that you asked that because in reality, like this is for, you know, people that are listening that aren't aware or too familiar with the Bundesliga and and Bayern Munich in general. Like this is literally what they do. It's they usually do this to, to their rivals, Borussia Dortmund, but they raid teams in Germany of the best young talents coming up. And they just steal them and, and acquire them for their team. And they just continue to dominate and run away with the German league each and every year. And it's just like, I don't, I mean, I can't even say I'm surprised, honestly, because Sabitzer is, is an amazing player and it's, and he was doing so well at, at a Red Bull Leipzig. So I'm not surprised that Bayern Munich came knocking, but Jesus, I mean, like how, how often are they going to get away with this? It's just like, I don't know. But obviously, great business for them on their end. Lewis, do you think this impacts Leipzig even challenging for a top four for the Champions League? Um, in terms of, I think they'll, they'll still be able to fight for that top four, top four place. Um, I think they're stronger than a lot of the other Bundesliga teams. They still have, you know, Andre Silva who can provide some goals for them, and. Um, I forgot the other name of the guy they bought last winter that wasn't able to play till now, but he, he has been really good for them so far. Um, it's a very ridiculous name. Once I get it, I'll, I'll try to bring it out. But I, I think they're still in good position to challenge for top four. They still have, you know, the, the buying power. They still have significantly better players than the rest of the Bundesliga. It's just all of it meshing together. And I think they'll still be right there for the top four place, probably for fourth place. Santi, you weren't, you weren't too convinced a couple episodes ago when we were giving our well, predictions for the season about Leipzig yeah, finishing a tough. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I remember in the, in the, in the moment I mentioned they lost their two center backs, Upamecano and Conate. They lost their coach. And I remember at, to, uh, 
Upamecano to Bayern, uh, Nagelsmann to Bayern. And I remember at the time, I was like, yo, Savitzer might go to Bayern. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, I just don't see it. Too much change. That core, that, le- that legit core down the middle just completely changed. I just feel like it's going to impact them. I don't think, I just, like I, I think this reaffirms my position of them not making top four. So, but still a lot, lot of fo- football to play. All right, let's go to, um, let's go to Serie A. So Juventus had to find a replacement for Ronaldo, and they brought, brought back uh, Moise Keane. Edwin, right move or? Oh, man, I was so happy to see that Moise Keane rejoined Juve. It's a loan deal, by the way, but I just don't think he was, I don't think he was at his best at Everton when he made the move to Everton. At first, when, when Everton first announced that Moise Keane had signed for them, I was like, wow, like that's going to be great for him. Great development in the Premier League, the most toughest league, um, and he's going to get a lot of playing time. But that unfortunately wasn't the case. Uh, and then last season, he was able to find himself again, you know, on loan out to PSG, you know, making a deep run in, into the Champions League with them as well. So no, I think this is a great move for for Keane. Obviously, this he came up through the Juventus Academy, and he broke into the first team a couple seasons ago. So and he was doing great playing along the likes of Mandzukic and, and Ronaldo and Pjanic and Dybala and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think I think he's going to do an amazing job and pick up where he left off when he first left them. If you were Juventus, would you have looked at another option or? You know, for Juventus, they're really in a, you know, we mentioned this before. They're, they're in a building stage in recent episodes. Um, I think Moise Keane is a, a great young talent that's very familiar with the with the with Serie A. Um, he was at Juventus before for three years, and obviously at their youth academy for six years. And you know he had his experience abroad at Everton and PSG recently. But you know this is a key age for him. He's 21 years old, going on 22. It's he has to show out this this loan spell um, to for really get Juventus going if they really want to challenge for that top, that that crucial top four to um secure some funds to to rebuild for the future and personally i probably would have looked at some other options you know like we mentioned below and uh immobile or you know even bringing a, a veteran another veteran talent from around europe but you know it's interesting to see what what type of project max, max allegri is trying to build here but personally i, I would have tried to bring in another forward another another older more um, experienced talent to try to push for that Champions League spot because I think goals are going to be hard to come by in Juventus this season. But they're still doing good in other places with uh, Kesa and Dybala. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out for them. But they definitely struggle to open up Syria. Yeah, and also just to point out, it's uh, the terms of the deals is also it's a loan move, like I said, but Juventus do have an obligation to buy uh, Moise Keane afterwards also. So I think... Hopefully he fits into the plans for the future. And, uh, do you know the fee? Is it fifteen? I think right twenty. Uh, uh, I but I thought it was, I thought it was around ten. But damn, okay. Mm. Anyways, moving on to the team that uh that Moiskin played last year. <laughs> the rich get richer, yo. I that I mean they had a necessity. They were looking at Theo Hernandez early in the transfer window. <laughs> they, I think they got the best young left back in the world and Nuno Mensch. Lewis, is there any way to stop PSG and their spending ever? We talk about Florentino never losing, but it seems like Kalafi, he doesn't take too many L's either. Um, 
Noonmin's 18-year-old out of Sporting Lisbon, and he's considered one of the, the great left-back prospects in the world right now, um, attacking and defending. You know, he, he plays it wide, gets those crosses in, makes great runs on the overlap. You can say enough about this kid. Um, he's going to PSG on a loan deal. And was it an obligation to buy? No, no obligation to buy. No, option to buy. Option to buy for $40 million. For $40 million. And it was between PSG and City, but City had no interest for whatever reason, even though we've been dying for a left back for years, especially with what happened with Benjamin Mendy. But I think we're, we're still we're still in need for that position. And PSG is able to sweep him up on a loan deal and just buy him for $40 million next year. That's a great move for them. Um, Pablo Sarabia goes to Sporting Lisbon on a loan the other way as well. That'll probably, you know, just for just to make up some numbers on PSG and because they had a massive window, but yeah, definitely a great a great buy, a great young player, and I'm I'm excited to see him play. Edwin, do you think Nuno Mensch starts one and then two? Does he move the needle in terms of their Champions League hopes? Uh, in terms of moving the needle, I think I think this team already has too much star power, um, and they have all the pieces they need in order to to get to where they, they want to go in the Champions League, which is to lift that title. Um, but starting-wise, I don't know. I mean, he's he's still very young, and I think I, I don't think he'll start, but I, I definitely think he'll get some minutes, and and we'll get to see what he's what he's all about for sure here and there. Um, but in terms of locking down that, that starting position and getting into that team, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I know, I know me and Lewis were talking about it earlier. But it's very strange that I would you would assume Sporting would want to cash in um, or even maybe just hold off a year because now they're in the Champions League. So you could kind of showcase Nuno Mensch because he didn't get to do that at the Euros with Portugal. But they're just kind of banking. I like PSG might not even buy him. <laughs> kind of weird. Kind of weird. Anyways, moving on from League on to La Liga. Biggest surprise to me, apart from. Apart from the Messi and Ronaldo deal, this is the biggest surprise to me for the transfer window. Antoine Griezmann, back of Atletico. Edwin, how surprised are you? And is this a good move for Atletico? I mean, yeah, this is Atletico definitely get. Well, I guess you could point that to the to the way that Diego Simeone wants the team to play, which is extremely defensively. But Atletico Madrid really lack a lot of creative attacking creation. Know, and just scoring goals. So I think Antoine Griezmann being added back to the team is obviously going to help them offensively. <clears throat> we, you know, we've all seen the spell that he had when he was with them and he, he bagged in the goals. He was the main man for them. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully he, he gets to, you know, start, start off running. Was I surprised? Yeah, extremely. Like I had, I know there was whispers about it here and there, you know, definitely last season as well that he was that Antoine Griezmann was unhappy with with his role at Barcelona and that he was thinking about a move back to Atletico. Um, but no, I mean, I thought I thought Antoine Griezmann this season was going to this was going to be like his year to kind of like definitely step up and be up there with Memphis and be the two leading men up top. But you know, after looking into it, this was definitely more of on Barcelona's end. This was more of a financial uh, move more than anything, because with their financial problems and the fact that they need to offload 
a shit ton of money to clear up their debt. Um, they only they got rid of Griezmann so that they could get offload some money from from their debt, you know, so and I have to pay those those uh, wages. But it was a swap deal also. So they got Barcelona in exchange, also got Luke de Young, which I don't know. Is that is that a great deal for them? I'm not too convinced, honestly. Yeah, no, it's crazy, man. It's a loan with an obligation to buy for 40 million next year. Barca are in the trenches, man. They're they're down bad. Like, okay, I would accept it if it's like a all right, they're paying the money now. But they literally are like, okay, we need the money. So here you could loan them and then we'll get the money next year. That's really bad. Their finances must be, must be uh terrible. Uh Lewis, do you think they could replace Griezmann with Luke the Young? He's got 10 goals in his last 70 games. I don't know about this. Like, as much as they needed the money, this is just bad business overall. I'm I'm honestly upset to see Griezmann go. I think it would have been a good season to see how he, he you know, he, he goes out and plays without Messi. But I don't think Luke de Jong, is he really cut out to cut out with Barcelona? I don't, I don't see it. Not, not at all. Especially, like you just said, 10 goals in his last 70 I don't know, whatever the fee may be that they paid for him. I've seen some, I don't know what numbers to believe. Uh, hopefully that information comes out soon. But, you know, his his partner up front is Martin Braithwaite. You know, what, what has Barcelona gone to? This, this or is the a team pie. that had the pie. But there's a team that had Thierry Henry and David Villa and Luis Suarez. I think, I don't know, something has, something has to change in that club. We talk about Arsenal a lot as a poorly run club. <laughs> yeah, we need Barca's, to start talking about we need to talk about Barcelona some more. Barcelona is bad, well. but Barca's, they won't get relegated. Yeah. Though, so. Might might be even worse, but they, they have better get, players. They, they have won't better get, players. They won't get relegated. They won't get relegated. And they have the better you know, manager. Can you imagine that they started out? What that was it? August. They started out August, coming into August, thinking, man. Our front three is gonna be Memphis, Messi, no. and Griezmann. So I don't think they knew. I, I I think they knew we couldn't sign Messi. That's some BS. Okay, think, well then I think further I, extend it then. And I well, think they were gonna try to sell Griezmann anyways. Yeah. Oh uh, well, they went from those those three guys as their front three to Braithwaite, Luke Dejong, and Memphis. If I'm Memphis, I'm trying to get back to France right now. Listen, listen, he might hey we could talk about it later as his attitude, but he might be looking like at us like yo, I'm the savior. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, most we'll get, we could talk about that later. All right. Well, Atletico also made a, another move. Um they finally came to agreement with uh Chelsea with the for the the loan. I don't know if it's an obligation to buy, but the loan for Saul. It is. It's an obligation to buy too. Okay. No option. Sorry. No, no, it's a, it's an option. Okay. And so, yes, yeah, so I was going to the capital of uh, England. Uh, you think Chelsea needed him more than Kunde? And I know the Kunde deal was off. What do you think, uh, Lewis? Um, I think, you know, based on just the, the depth of the squad, I think they might have been missing another midfielder. You know, you talk about Jorginho, Kovacic, Conte, Mason Mount, whatever you want to call him. I think they, they need, you know, need another guy in there to solidify because they're going to be in a lot of competitions. It's going to be a lot of games for Chelsea. It's always good to have depth on a team. 
Um, a guy like Saul, he has Champions League experience. He's he scored in the Champions League final in 2016, I believe, against Real Madrid. No, that was correct. I think he was a lot of. That, that was Carrasco. Yeah, he he, oh, he, he took he took he he had that goal against I don't, Bayern. Yeah, I don't to get him to the final. Was it was that for oh, 2016? Okay. Maybe I think it was. For yeah, yeah, I think so. But you know, um, a guy with Champions League experience and a very defensive setup with Diego Simeone. I know Tuchel. He also likes to grind out his victories. Um, he's also very versatile. He can play in multiple positions. You can slot him in. At, kind of like a left wing back as well. I think he, he, yep. he yep, they yep, like yep. to throw him out there as well. So, you know, a good a good buy, a Swiss Army knife of a player. Um, not sure too much about his form as Atletico. I think it was kind of down for the last couple of years. Or he just, you know, falling out of favor with Simeone, so that's why they were in a rush to get him out. But I think for Chelsea, if he pans out, it could be a good move and solidify their, you know, their strengthening process this summer. Yeah, no, and just to add, Lewis, to add on to your point, like you said, you know, falling out of favor with Atletico Madrid the last two seasons, uh, you know, he's, this guy's 26. You know, if, if you're just thinking about a surface level, you know, seeing this move, a lot of people might think, why on earth would Chelsea go and sign a midfielder that they're not even going to start? But when you start to think about a deep, uh, more deeper level than that, you realize with the amount of games that these guys have played, especially Conte and Jorginho, you know, this summer in the Euros and and everything like that, like with the competition of the Premier League and how gruesome it could be on your body, it's going to take a toll. And Saul being 26 years old, well-experienced, like you said, Lewis, has over 300 appearances for Atletico Madrid. It's going to be great with the depth and it's just going to add to it. So... Wow, fair play to Chelsea in this market, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree. It's it's really for death. Um, I was reading, they were, <laughs> I was actually reading a lot of Chelsea Twitter. They were getting really mad. This is kind of funny. They were like, it was getting overlooked because they have no midfield death. And there was like an interview that Tuchel gives after a preseason game that he's like pretty much begging for help. So, uh, for sorry, not begging for help, begging for like. A midfielder to come in so hey good for them um but yeah that's i don't know if there's any other deals that we really need to talk about uh so we could kind of move on about what happened today uh all right let's let's play a little game edwin who do you think is going to be your who do you think is going to be the most underrated impact who's yeah most in, underrated impact transfer one that's like people are not talking about they're not realizing not even not not for the not for the price, just like the underrated part. Right with uh, yeah, that hasn't been getting too much, too much heat. Uh, I'd have to say, God, I actually had one. I fucking, I completely forgot it. Uh, uh, it's okay. Hey, we'll give you some time to remember. Lewis, you got one. Um, I think I'm looking at Danny Ings going to Aston Villa. I think that's a good buy for them. Um, a good partner up there with Ali Watkins. They obviously brought out, brought in also Emmy Buendia to provide some some assists for them, replacing Jack Grealish. But I think Danny Ings, he's a proven goal scorer at the top level. He had some 20-odd goals in the Premier League last season, you know, amongst the top scorers. And I think they get him at a good price, too. Um, I think they paid some 30-odd million for him. Um, he had that experience with the front lines. And I also like Joe Willick at Newcastle, um, leaving from Arsenal. 
I think he's a good buy, a nice young player, 21, add some goal scoring ability, something that for some reason Arsenal, I don't know why they, they didn't keep him. He's going to be a really good buy as well for Newcastle. It's just up to, you know, Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce to, to get it together over there. But those right. are my two buys. Um, Edwin, you got one? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's, it's kind of a tie between um, – you know, the Leicester bringing in Ademola Lookman from Red Bull Leipzig. I think Lookman, obviously, we've seen him in the Premier League last year with, with Fulham. He had a spell at Everton a couple of seasons ago as well. Um, and he's a very interesting, fascinating young player that can offer a lot, definitely out on the wings as well and going forward. So I think with Leicester's hopes to push for a top four finish this season. I think Lookman is going to is going to do some wonders for that team. Uh, I would hope so. And the other one that I was looking at is Kurt Zuma to West Ham. I, I feel like West Ham is also one of those teams that's, you know, on the come up and is fighting to be a top six team and definitely can push for Europa League and even Champions League, maybe depending on how their season goes. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously, it's a it's a big ask, but I think Kurzuma would offer a lot, especially with the experience that he has and the class that he has as well coming from Chelsea. I think that's going to be great for them. Uh, but in terms of outside of the Premier League, uh, God, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what underrated. <laughs> what, about, what do you it's think? All, it's all good. Uh, for me, my top one is Rodrigo de Paul going to Atletico. I think the price was pretty like pretty spot on. 38 million. Uh, I think he's going to be the game changer. I think he's going to be the CDM that Simeon has been looking for for years. He had party for a couple of years. He had, uh, he would switch off with Saul and Koke. Um, I just never thought he really had the true center defensive mid that is going to, if say like the opposing team is on the attack, it's just going to break someone's leg or get the ball. So I, and I just think it's like a match made in heaven. Uh, and then the other one, for me, me personally, I think I'm, I'm a little more, uh, have a little recency bias here. Uh, but I think what Tammy Abraham's going to do with Roma, I think if he's playing like that, as he's been playing these last two games, um, I think they could push for the title. And I think he's going to have a big impact. And don't be surprised if Chelsea used that buyback clause pretty sooner rather than later. So, yeah. Yeah, Tammy Abraham, a goal and two assists in the last two appearances for Roma. So definitely off to an amazing start in Italy. Should have went to Arsenal. <laughs> Would have ruined his career. <laughs> All right. All right. So from, from that, let's go to uh, what, what do you guys think is the best bargain? We'll, we'll start with the ones, the people that get were uh, that they got on a free, on a free transfer. Lewis? I mean, where else is there really look besides Messi going to PSG on a free? You get the best player in the world on a free transfer coming in from Barcelona to strengthen your already amazing side. Um, I don't think much could really beat that. Um, I'll try to go somewhere else. I, well, I'll stay at the same club, but I'm, I think, you know, Gigi Donnarumma on a free. You get the best young keeper. He's only 22 years old. He has, you know, over 100 Serie A appearances. Captain AC Milan, he is, you know, ready to get that Champions League experience in with him. Had an amazing Euros player in the tournament. I think getting him on a free was uh, 
big, big deal, and I think could go a long ways for this PSG side. Uh, what about you, uh, Edwin? Yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think PSG obviously, I think they won the transfer market this season or this window, like 100% with the amount of players that they got for free. Uh, but no, Messi going to PSG for free, like that's how do you beat that? Like that's it's the best player to ever play football coming for free in today's market too. Like it's just like that's just outrageous. I actually I'm gonna say uh David Alaba because uh when you lose your center back pairing, you need someone to think you could bring I could step up and be that the the uh, a replacing it's uh, to carry that load and i think he's like the perfect perfect fit for real because you don't have to you eventually like we're talking about if they have these big plans next summer you don't have to play him at center back eventually you can play him at left back you can play him at center mid play him at left wing he played left wing uh not long ago so yeah we'll see all right from from the best to the worst um which transfer do you think was just the worst one of the window Edwin, you have one if you do. I, yeah, God is today actually Luke De Jong to Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> like what? How do you go from Griezmann to Luke De Jong? But mm, yeah, that's the worst one for me on my end. Lewis, I'm gonna go on a limb here, and I've been complaining about it all day. I think all things considered, <laughs> he's gonna say it, say it, say it. All things considered, <laughs> Jack Grealish to Manchester City might be the worst transfer of this window, and I and explain saying that for explain. the money. Explain, explain, explain. Yes, for the money, for the money, a hundred million pounds for Jack Grealish is just ridiculous in my head now. All things considered, <laughs> in your head now, I was expecting. For Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva and Gabriel Jesus to leave the club. There I could see the, the transfer working. But with all these guys ended up staying, and now we just added this guy, and then we get Phil Foden back from injury. There's a lot going on. I understand you need attacking options. I understand you want to freshen up the squad, but a hundred million pounds. So wait, so you could have gotten when you could have gotten Messi on a free? When you so, didn't get a left back option, when you didn't get a striker. When you could have bought Ronaldo for thirty million, right, when you didn't want to spend one hundred fifty for Harry Kane, all things considered, I'm saying all things considered. I'm saying all things considered, it could end up being a very bad transfer. Like you said, I know if he scores a goal in the Champions League final, it's worth every penny. Yes, if but he right now, a winning goal, winning. the winning goal, whatever. Even if he scores a goal in the Champions League final, I'll take. It. But because we have no goals scored in the Champions League final, <laughs> by the way. But all things considered, a hundred million pounds for Jack Grealish doesn't cut it well okay so you're you're saying that that's contingent it's that being a good signing is contingent on us offloading three star players these are Bernardo, guys that, these are guys Bernardo that wanted Sterling. to leave no i don't think Sterling wanted i think it was just bernardo and jesus wanted to leave jesus wanted to leave yeah Diablo. both of those well, guys wanted to leave if both of those guys left or if we sold mares or something i don't know so three players leaving is it makes sense to for just one player to come in. Three key players, by the way. I didn't need all three of them to go. But saying that none of them left, I was expecting at least one of them to go. 
Okay, and go. to say none of them left and to say that we didn't strengthen an actual, you know, like I said, no left back, no striker came in. But we spent a hundred million on another, you know, another winger. Yeah, fair point. Fair so point. We'll see. We'll see how Jack does. I'll give him a chance. He seems like a really nice guy. He, he has yeah. a goal and an assist already. But <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> but you know, it is a hundred million pounds. He's the most expensive British player ever. So we'll see what happens. Um, what do I'm you gonna think, Santi? I'm, I'm gonna surprise you with my pick. Um, I feel like you say that every time. A little, a little. Also, we all things considered, why the fuck did Barca get Aguero? What was the point it of it? It was free. But so to reunite him with Messi, they didn't keep Messi. What is the point of that? What was the point? They play Suarez, bro. <laughs> I, I, I oh, don't know. They. Well, no, Bar again. Look, Barca's in shambles, just like Arsenal, and he's getting paid a lot. Arsenal. But well, <laughs> look, uh, uh, I don't know. Barca's just in a shit show. They got rid of Suarez because he was too old, but then brought in Aguero, who is legit the same age as him. Like that just makes no sense. But you know, mentioning Aguero, Sergio Busquets today, and another player I can't remember who it was, but another Jordi player. Alba. And Jordi Alba, they took pay cuts so that Barcelona could register Aguero in La Liga as a player on the team. So, you know, there was there was confusion and, and talks about whether or not he was even going to feature for Barcelona at all during his spell. And well, he's now registered. So we'll see. We'll see how that how that deal pays off for them. He's not even making a lot at Barcelona. Oh, you don't think he's better? You don't think he starts over Braithwaite? No, I'm saying Aguero's not making a lot of money at Barcelona. He took a huge pay cut oh, to oh. making at City. My, I heard, I heard that he's not even making the lineup at Barcelona. No. Well, I just don't think it made sense now that Messi's gone. Um, I had one more. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, it's more about the money. Daniel James for like 30 million to Leeds. Like, thank you, Leeds. But like, what? <laughs> I thought yeah, that's that was, ridiculous. I'm, I'm not a big Daniel James guy, but it's more about the money. Thirty that million. Point. Yeah, it's more about the that's money. a money laundering scheme. That's on Leeds end. But oh, hundred percent. Great deal from you. Not yeah, that great deal for you. Not on your for your club. That's good that they got thirty million for him. But on Leeds end, dude, we made double the money we paid for. That's insane. That's great. Great business. Yeah, great business there. Shout out, shout out Ed Woodward, but he should get out of my club. <laughs> Soon, soon. <laughs> Didn't he resign? No, yeah, he's gonna he's, yeah. he's leaving on um on in December. I don't I don't know what to make of Daniel James, honestly. I, at first I thought he was very promising, but I haven't seen him enough to 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 think that he's ass and not good enough. He literally looks like he plays with Crocs, bro. He can't control the ball. He just just runs around. Good yeah. work rate, very fast. That's about it, in my opinion. All right. That reminds me of him. Of Jesus Navas. So let's start, stop talking about more of the individual transfers, but let's more focus on the teams. What do you guys think are the win, uh, the winners and the losers of this transfer window? Uh, Louis, we'll start with you. Uh, big winners, obviously, PSG. They got three world-class players on free, Sergio Ramos, Gigi Donnarumma, and Lionel Messi. Um, they brought in Hakimi, 66, 60 million euros whatever it was, and now they got new Minge on a loan deal. 
and I believe there's one other transfer I might be missing, but you know, just Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum. Oh, Wijnaldum on a free, another some midfield death. Um, just those five, six names alone, most of them on free transfers. I think that's a you know the best business you could possibly do, and just a, a squad ready to win the Champions League. And biggest losers, it is my club. My club are the biggest losers. <laughs> transfer window, we. We got sold an illusion by Harry Kane's gentleman agreement that if we put 120 up, Daniel Lee will say yes. Never happened. Um, didn't offer Messi anything. Just let him go. Didn't offer Ronaldo. Well, didn't go hard enough for Ronaldo to get it done in time. Well, to get it done before United came. All the United legends came calling on his phone. Um, no left back, like I said. And Jack Grealish for 100 million pounds. So I think we we are the biggest losers in this transfer window. Maybe Barcelona as well. Pretty bad. All right, Edwin, your turn. In terms of biggest winner, um, you know, I mentioned I said it earlier. I think PSG definitely won this transfer market. In the Premier League, though, however, I think the biggest winners in the, in the Premier League are obviously Chelsea with the business they've done, bringing in Lukaku and Saul Nagez. Like that's they got everyone that they wanted, my ex, with the exception of Kunde, but that wasn't on Chelsea's end. It was more so Sevilla screwed them over. Um, but yeah, uh, biggest losers. <laughs> I don't think it was Man City, Lewis. I actually think it was Liverpool. To be honest, Liverpool made absolutely no movement in the transfer market except for signing Kunate. But they signed him when they they agreed to they agreed to sign him when like in January January. Something like Maybe, that. Yeah, I think it was yeah, January. It was during last it was during the past winter. Um, and instead of going out and looking for people, they actually renewed a bunch of contracts on their team. And Liverpool's kind of an aging squad now. So I think they definitely had the worst transfer window out of anyone. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to make the argument, you know, Premier League supporters are going to make the argument that because of that, Liverpool are no longer title favorites because they had no move in the transfer market and because they renewed contracts of players that are going to be aging out pretty soon. I wouldn't say all them are aging out, but no, yeah, there, there, there was a, there was a, there was a tweet or not a tweet, maybe a video TikTok. They were like talking about like club renewed and things till 2024. And they were just going to, or 20, yeah, 24, I think. And they were just aging, uh, naming all the players that they just renewed. And it's just like, so-and-so 34, yeah. 35, and they're like, yo, get ready for the downfall because it's going to be bad because we're not going to buy anyone. And I'm like, damn. GG. So, yeah, yeah I agree. GG. <laughs> I agree with that one. I didn't think I didn't think of much. But, uh, yeah, Liverpool a, is a good loser. Of course, Barcelona. God. From just, just, just lose the greatest player of all time. Um, For free. Another loser. Anyone else? Mm. I don't want to say, I mean, maybe Inter. They're like a so-and-so. They did lose their best two, their top, uh, uh, two of their top players in Hakimi and Lukaku because they had to. But I can make them a loser. So, like, it's more just they didn't have to, they didn't, need, they didn't want to sell them. They had to sell them. Uh, I, think, but, I think it depends on how they sell, how they, they buy. Well, but, so, yeah. well, I mean, well, we don't have to get into it now, but Correa's looking good. I mean, maybe Dumfries comes into the team. But at the same time, you know, you come from winning a title and you just sell your two players like you're like, you're like, that's the remember we're talking about. Also. We were talking yeah. about that stepping stone. 
Remember? Just being that stepping yeah. stone yeah. club, not the final club you're going to end up in. They don't, I don't yeah. feel like Inter wasn't like that before. So, anyways, biggest winners, Atletico. I think that Griezmann, that getting Griezmann at the end is going to be good for them. They, they need a lot of scoring. Um, PSG, of course, just being able to keep Mbappe and getting messy, even if it's just for one year, man. Um, I think for the Prem, I actually think it's uh, United are more of a winner than Chelsea. For me. Maybe a little biased, but I think the transfer well, window that yeah, United I, got for me is better than Chelsea. Yeah, only no, it's, because it's close. It's only, close. Be, only because um, they didn't get that center back. If they got the center back, then I would have said Chelsea would have had a better transfer. Right. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that's um, is there another winner? Mm, I, I can't think of any. I don't know if anyone else has. Any uh, ta- I feel like Tottenham did some some good business. I guess. Uh, I guess keeping Kane was kind of yeah. Keeping Kane because because we were we were talking about. I mean, I remember me and Lewis were talking about. It. Remember, we were like saying like, are they spending that Kane money now? No. Yeah. Yeah. They just had money apparently. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, the, a lot of these American owners are like, yo, these people are telling me to sell the club. I don't want to. So they're like, all right, I'll put some money in. You know what? Also, I feel like this transfer window, it was just I'm, we can all agree that it was obviously oh, like in, hold on. insane. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I forgot about a loser. My favorite club. Hey, Arsenal. Come on. They're the, they're the team that spend the most. And it's not it's looking good. The league. Not looking good. Hey, people, pe- people in the streets are telling me that you flipped the table. They're top of the league. Zero goals also. Zero goals in three games. Three league games. Shambles. Shambles, shambles, shambles. Oh, well, not my problem. Not my club. All right. But I'm, uh, ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to retract my statement. What, what Arsenal statement? Will not, Arsenal will not finish fifth. Oh, come fifth. on. I wanted to make a compilation at the end of the season, like worst predictions. Come on. I'm retracting my statement. <laughs> Arsenal will not finish fifth. They'll finish eighth to tenth place. Oh, my That's God. Wow. After three games, fellas. Not, not getting but, time. But, but the season starts at Norwich. Jeez. No, they play Norwich. They play at, at home. Oh, the season starts versus Norwich. Though. It's a relegation battles game, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think, Lewis, you want to do your uh, little trivia segment? Oh, the best segment of the show. It's trivia time, ladies and gentlemen, where I guess I test these two supposedly football fans and their knowledge. So hey, you you look this shit up. Stop playing. Today, well, yeah, I'm the host of the segment. Of course, I have to find a question. So today I have being a transfer deadline day, I got a transfer question. Transfer deadline day question? Not deadline day, transfer question. It is deadline day though. <clears throat> you guys ready? Sure. Right. Give it to me. So we know football is all about the money and record breaking transfers. Can you name the last 10 transfers that have broken the record fee? Bale, Pogba, Grealish. No, Grealish didn't break it. Neymar. What would you mean? British record. Oh, no, you're talking transfer about... record. Oh, transfer. Ferdinand, Ronaldo, Kaká. Well, 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 slow down. Not Ferdinand. Ronaldo, yes. Kaká, oh, yes. Sedan. Right? Sedan. Sedan, correct. Was I right with Bale and Pogba? Yeah, Bale and Pogba was fine. All right, how many do we got? Five. You got six. Said ten, okay. right? Uh, ten. So you have you have Zidane, Kaká, Ronaldo, Bale, Pogba, Neymar, Ronaldinho. 
Not Ronaldinho. Thierry Henry to Barca? No, nope. he's like pennies, dude. Not even close. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, Beckham? No. Oh. No. Uh, Kepa. Ariza Balaga to Chelsea. No, you got to. No. Not by they position. Broke the transfer record. It's every everyone, dude. No one's broken it since they Neymar. Have... No one's broken it. Neymar was the last one to break it. Okay, let's go down the order. So it goes Neymar, Bale. No, Pogba. Neymar, Pogba. Oh, Bale. Bale. Ronaldo, Kaká. In the same summer, by the way. Yeah. Zidane. Figo? This was in two, 2001. Figo, yes. Figo. There you go. Right hey. before Zidane. Figo to where? Ronaldo. El Fenomeno. No. Ronaldo Fenomeno is actually 11th in my list. So Damn. Count. All right, from PSV to Barca, right. No, from Barca to Inter. Oh, and that's that's 11th? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so now we okay. So Edwin, it's from '97 to like 2000. You got, you got I think three people, right? We need three or four or three, four. three, three left, and I don't think you're gonna get any of them. Seedorf? No. All right, tell us, tell us uh, the league that they went. I'm to. I'm not telling you anything. Como que no? Bluebird. No. Roberto Carlos. No. No. Here's a wash at Inter. Henri Burkamp. No. Andy Cole? What do I think is Andy no, Cole? No, 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 no. Not Andy Cole. Alan Shear. Uh no, he's number 12. Damn. Robbie Fowler. No. Michael Owen. No. Yeah. Wayne Rooney. No. no. <laughs> I told you it's from 97 to 2000. I, I'm you guys aren't gonna get this. All right. All right uh, tell us. Yeah. So number number eight is Hernan Crespo. He moved from Parma to Lazio for thirty-five point five million pounds. Wait, but this is the other no, one. No, no. Uh, in nineteen ninety-nine, Christian Vieri moved from Lazio to Inter for thirty-two million pounds. Uh, and in nineteen ninety-eight, Real Betis played paid twenty-one point five million pounds for Denilson from Sao Paulo. That broke the record at the time. That's crazy. Yeah, it broke Ronaldo's record by two million. GG. So thank you for playing my game, fellas. Uh, thank you guys. We you lose good. again. That, that was a good. That was a good game. That was a good game. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up all the transfer talk. Like Fabrizio said, sleep's overrated, boys. So we'll hopefully we'll be seeing him in the news throughout the next couple of months. Not as much, but anyways. Going back to last weekend, uh, we had uh, some uh, big games, especially in the Prem, uh, especially Liverpool, Chelsea. They drew one one. Uh, we'll start with Edwin. Edwin, was that a handball? And it should have been a red and a pen. What do you think? Um, I think, I, I think the whole thing going on with the refereeing in England is just getting extremely confusing. And I'm not, I'm not sure whether or not that's that's a hand. I mean, by the letter of the law, yes, that is a penalty. But I don't know, I guess with the wording of it, and this was an issue last year too, where it was just, it was the wording of it that made these, you know, unjustifiable handball decisions, handballs. Um, and they did adjust it. Um, but the letter of the law says that is a penalty. But I don't think that the way that they reviewed the, the, the handball decisioning was done right. 
because the referee, Mike Dean, he legit, he didn't even look at it. He Anthony Taylor. To this- Anthony Taylor. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Mike Dean? No, Mike Dean refereed the United game. Okay, all right. Yeah, oh, yeah, my bad. All right, Anthony okay. Taylor. Yeah, he legit, he, he just, he legit walks over to the screen, takes the quickest glance, and then points to the spot. Spot, and I think like, like that's not cool. Number one, and then number two, he's looking at a at a picture. He's looking at a picture of the incident where the ball is already hitting his his arm, and I I don't think that that's that's what should have been done. I think you need to see live, but not live footage, but you need to see replay footage of it in real time and in slow motion from different angles, because I feel like that just makes more sense. Wouldn't you guys agree? No, a hundred percent. I think, I think the biggest controversy is just he looked at it once and it's like, oh, penalty red card. The quickest um, glance. My, my my original thought was because I've I remember they made an emphasis over this over the couple of last years. So it's like if it touches, if it re- reflects part of your body and then hits your hand, it's like you can't do anything about it. Um, natural positioning, yeah. If your arm's in a natural so, positioning. So I was actually watching uh, at the bar with Lewis and then one of our other friends who's a big Chelsea fan. And we were, I was pretty outraged. I was like, yo, it's not a penalty. It's not a penalty. Uh, there was arguments of like, listen, it's a pen, but it shouldn't have been a red because it kind of, defla- it's still a goal, goal scoring opportunity. Um, but actually, the more I think about it, the only question I guess is, so when it touches his, uh, his thigh and then it ricochets his arm, he swipes the ball with his arm. I don't know if you see the video. He legit swipes it with his arm. So I, I don't know. That's if it's initial a, reaction, though. Listen, you're not. It's because you're trying to stop it. That's a natural reaction. So that's where I'm like, OK, maybe it should have been a red card and it should have been a pen. So I don't I I'm still leaning. I'm maybe more leaning. OK, yellow and a pen. But I want to look at that video. He's really swiping that arm, you know. He is swiping that arm. I know it hit his thigh, but if it doesn't hit his thigh, it's going to go to his arm. He's trying to swipe the ball. Um, but, yeah, Lewis, what did you think? Um, I think based on the law, the decision was correct. I think pe- more people are outraged just because, you know, it took him so quick to, to come to that decision. But I think, you know, law 12, I'm reading it right here. When a player where a player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity by a handball offense, the player is sent off wherever the offense occurs. So he had to get sent off. Yeah, as a handball. Yep, yep, yep. But what he about the, the the rule of like what if it if it hits another part of your body? That's just. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm asking. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think like you said, he did make his body bigger in a sense to block the ball. His hand didn't need to be up there. He could have put his hands behind his back. No, 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 no. My you my, know, my that's an option. My thing is not the hand being there. Is you see he swipes out the ball with his hand. That's well, my only argument. Oh, yeah, 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 it was. That's my only ball. That's what if you you see the video, he like swipes the ball with his hand, like he's trying to yeah, make but sure. It's not. It's not because it hits. It bounces off of his right knee and deflects onto his onto his right arm. Yes, yeah. already like legit pinned up against his yes, right knee. Yes, and then the ball bobbles up even higher. So, in my opinion, I think it was the right call. I think the referee may have came to the conclusion too quick, and we've seen the refs like give leniency to balls being deflected off the body onto the arm before. That's what I'm saying. Really? Yeah. So I feel like if he thought it was like this, there's precedent for there's precedent for it, where he could just say no handball, you know, touches whatever. 
But that's so, the thing, though. He's looking at a screenshot. So that that I feel like he that watched does, the video. No, he didn't. He looked. Yeah, he, he watched the video. He, he just watched it. No, a bed. No, no. He bought it. No, 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 no. It he, was he just he just saw the Yeah, he just saw like a a, a, a screenshot of, of the ball already in contact with his arm. Yeah, as a photo that was just That's, still. Yeah, it was just you that saw that it touched his arm. You do it. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a video. He could have he could have just watched the video and then he still could have called it. Just he just literally just watched a photo of the of the incident. Yeah, and even how then, we, how do we know what he watched? It shows you. It's, Lewis. There's a video of when he goes to the VAR. They, all they show him is this the the picture frame of hitting the arm of uh, Reese James. Yeah, and if it, when you watch the game live, they showed they showed you what the ref was looking at also. Eh, so, I don't know about but, that one, but okay. So we'll say <laughs> legit go to the highlights and watch. So we'll it. say I was watching the game. I just remember that part. We'll we'll watch say over if you we'll it. say you know I think I think he made his body bigger. I think he swiped at the ball. I think he should have been sent off. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no. Again, I agree by the letter of the law. Yes, that is a handball that's ascending off. But it's just the fact that there's too much inconsistencies. With these decisions in the Premier League, and that is just the that's see, the see that that's the, I think I think the frustrating part is we think there's going to be a unilateral uh, correctness of every decision now with VAR, and I feel like there isn't. I think that that's what irritates us most because you're like, okay, you get this kind of like third party, third party uh, thing that kind of is like, okay, was the decision right or wrong? And you think because you see it in technology. Every referee is going to see it the same. I think that's the biggest issue. And that's why you get pissed off at VAR. I mean, there's certain things that works. I mean, I think so far it hasn't been a huge issue um, until this one. This is like the first biggest controversy. Uh, and it's like the, th- the third match week. It's, I think I feel like last year it was, it was always every like, once a week. Um, so I don't know. But anyways, um, apart from that, what did you guys think of the game? I know Chelsea. Chelsea held up their own with ten men, and they were they they, they had some counters in the second half. They had some chances. Lukaku played pretty pretty bad. I was kind of upset. Uh, they kind I of shut down. I wouldn't say that he played he played bad. Going down to ten men, you know Chelsea. Look Chelsea, the way that they set up for that second half, coming into the second half with ten men, they did absolutely phenomenal. They, they, the way that they set up, they took out Kai Havertz, who scored the goal for Chelsea, and they brought in Thiago Silva. They pushed Aspiliqueta because they started out in a three-four-three. Three. So, and Aspiliqueta was was the third center back. Um, so they take out Kai Havertz. They shift uh, Aspiliqueta to that right wing back position, which is where Reese James got the red card, and t- they slotted Thiago in that center back. Um, they also took out Conte and brought in Kovacic. And the way that they held their shape defensively was just so beautiful. And they've got, they, they were able to counterattack a couple of times. And each time that they did, Marcos Alonso and Aspilicueta, who are the wingbacks, and you would assume with playing with 10 men, you would assume that they wouldn't make much efforts to go forward, but they were the ones that were sending in the balls. And they, Chelsea only created two chances that second half and they were the two best chances out of this, the entirety of the second half and Liverpool was really pushing on them. So they, out of those two chances, they created the best ones in the, in the, in the game for both teams. Well, what did you think? You think Liverpool missed, missed out on an opportunity to take three points or just Chelsea held up their own? 
No, yeah, definitely a little bit of both, like Edwin just said. Um, Chelsea, like he said, um, great setup for that second half. They were prepared to, to take on any and all men. Um, Liverpool knocked on the door many of times um, with Salah and Mane, and uh, eventually I think Diogo, Diogo Jota came on as well. Um, came on for Firmino, came, left off pretty early. But in terms of they held possession, most possession, they had they had 24 shots, Liverpool, you know? So they were they were knocking on the door, but none of them really seemed dangerous at times. Um you know we were really waiting for that nice that that one big attack where they would just maybe kill him off or something, but a lot of those target, a lot of those shots just went right into Mendy's hands over the bar. Um they had plenty of corner opportunities, they have 12 corners. And I don't think they just couldn't capitalize because Chelsea was set up so well. And that's, you know, Tuchel's thing. That's what he preaches. He grinded out that result. Obviously, they wanted the three points. Obviously, both both teams wanted the three points. Um, Lukaku, I'll say, you know, you said he played poorly. I think he I think he held up his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he played that well. I mean, I don't I don't think he played as bad as you said he did. Um, I think he was able to get into some opportunities, some runs, lost the ball a couple times. I, I'd say that. Mason Mount and Kai Havertz could have done a better job of finding him, um, especially Mason Mount in the second half. There were some, um, you know, missed opportunities, missed runs, but it happens. Um, and again, he's going up against, you know, Virgil van Dijk, world-class center back, and they don't come easy against Liverpool. So, you know, I'll take it with a grain of salt. And it was a very, very interesting and controversial game to watch. Yeah, and to, uh, Lewis, to add on to your point about Lukaku, I think, I don't think he played bad at all. You know, you got to also consider the fact that they played a whole entire half with 10 men. So they were down a man. And I think Lukaku for being just the lone striker up there and that, I don't, his role also on the field while they were down with 10 men, it wasn't to, you know, go putting pressure under the at the defenders when they were holding on to the ball and trying to build from the back. It was just to be a presence, just be there. And then once we win the ball and we can start the counter, we will find you. And that's exactly what he did. He held the ball up very well. He he did have a very great chance that Fabinho intersected that could have led up to Chelsea going 2-1 up. Or actually, no, maybe maybe it was when they were up 1-0. Um, I don't remember. But, yeah, no, Lukaku played an excellent match. Just just one more thing to add on. Um, Santi, I know we talked about this before, about Lukaku coming. I think, you know, we saw – are Mason Mount and Kai Havertz, are they going to be enough to create these chances for Lukaku? I don't know how really the Inter setup was. Were, were they a counterattacking side, like this Tuchel side? They were They were counter, but they play a striker next to Lukaku. Um, I, I mean, maybe with – that's why I was saying – I don't know if I said it before. I think I said it last week. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, personally, I don't want to put Kai there. I don't think Kai would be the best one. Uh, I definitely keep Mace. I try out Warner. I feel like him and Warner could be like the same partnership him and uh, Lautaro had. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, he looked tired. A little concerning. He looked really tired in the second half. Who? Lukaku? Lukaku. He looked really tired. No, well, you got to put in more work now that you're down to less players. So, but yeah, no, another thing I forgot to add to last point that I'll make on Chelsea as well. I feel like some, one thing that they definitely need to improve on is their decision-making in the attacking third. There were times when they were on the counter and outnumbered against the, the Liverpool defender. And one 
one moment that I can definitely remember the most was Mason Mount running running with the ball, and it was maybe like a three v three or three v two, and he he could have slipped in Lukaku on the left side and to have a clear shot on goal, and he decided to make the wrong the wrong option in finding whoever was out on the right. Um, but no decision making in the final third is going to be critical for for Chelsea, especially with the attacking power that they have. Yeah, well. I think fair result. Uh, I think fair result with the draw. All right. Uh, moving from Saturday to Sunday in the Premier League. My team, United, won one nothing. But uh, I think actually more Lewis than Edwin. I know Lewis feels that they cheated to win. I also um, feel that. Oh, both of you. Okay. Um, so why do you guys think goals uh, were cheating? Lewis, you go ahead. Um, I think mostly it comes to that that foul in the buildup for the goal that United scored. Um, a lot of them were complaining after the game and during the during the buildup that uh there was a there was a foul not called when 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 Greenwood scored, and you know that took away an opportunity that took that that would take away the goal and make it a no no draw for Wolves, and they were also arguably denied a penalty. Obviously, that's almost a guaranteed goal in most cases. So either it's one nothing or one it's either nil nil or one one the game ends. And that's three less three less points for United. And you know, just some controversy at the end. Var no var check at all for for the penalty as well. So, you know, you could say that's another blunder by the by the assistant referee. And you know, United wasn't reading that impressive, but you know they got the they were able to get the victory controversially. But I think I think that uh, that goal could have been taken away just off that that missed call. Oh, well, Lewis, with on on the case of United's goal, I don't. I actually don't think that the challenge that 50-50 challenge from Pogba and what Neves was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was a foul. He stepped right um, on his ankle. No, it wasn't the back at, I think it was the I shin, if he, anything. I think he just grazes Neves' shin guard. And then it was, I feel like the referee, um, Mike, what was his name? Whatever. <laughs> Mike Dean. Um, Mike Dean. I was gonna I was gonna say Michael, but I was like, that's not right. But, <laughs> but no, Neves, you know, he hesitates to go down. He checks his shoulder to look back at the referee, sees that the referee doesn't give it, and then goes down. So I don't think, yeah, it's 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 a rough 50-50, but I don't think that that's a foul. The reason why I think that Wolves was cheated was because on that chance where Wolves were on the breakaway and Trincao completely dropped Fred and then was one-on-one against the Hay and Juan Bissaka had that nice um, goal line clearance or whatever. You know what chance I'm talking about, Santi? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the ball after Wambasaka slid and saved the ball off the mm-hmm. line, the ball the ball rebounded back to Trincao, but it was he was kind of on a funky angle, right? And then he plays he plays a pullback pass over to someone who would be at the edge of the box, and Daniel James completely comes flying in, slide to and completely wipes Trincao out, and there's no penalty call. I was I didn't even notice it at first. Someone had to point that out to me. Or whatever, and the more that I watch that replay and see that play back, it's it's so shocking to me that VAR wasn't even 
didn't even consider to look at it whatsoever because Daniel James obviously just completely wipes Trincao out and doesn't get any of the ball whatsoever. And I feel like that should have been a penalty. Um, well, listen, Evil Empire is back. Uh, that's my my opinion. Um, <laughs> they talk I, about me not being objective about Michael. Uh, hey, listen, I'll, now with Ronaldo in, I will not be objective the whole season. Uh, but no, what do, you, what do you mean by evil empire? What's evil empire? When when every every referee decision would just go our way. Oh, sorry, Alex. Uh, you remember the days. Come on. Good times. Good times. But anyways, um, no, we played shirt, uh, but we won. Hey, we need to win these games. We would tie last game. Um, I think the key two key things that I saw well, three, like I mentioned before, Mason Greenwood. Difference of a player this year. Woo! flying number two um we would have conceded a lot more if it was Lindelof and not Varane I think Varane did a hell of a job covering for Maguire because a bunch of times Maguire got beat and Varane was covering his ass so that's a that's a, that's something excited to look forward to I feel, feel like that partnership should just um just become better and better with the game and getting those De Gea vibes man player of the year not player of the year sorry player uh team of the season so it's um uh, it's exciting times. How do you feel about your boy Sancho? How did he I, play? I don't know why he played him on the left. He should play him on the right. But Dan James is not there anymore. I thought he played I thought he did start out on the right. No, he started at the left. He played no, he the left the whole, whole game. Hmm. Um I don't know. Yeah, give him time. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. We're chilling. I don't know. That, that Bundesliga tax creeps up, man. We're chilling, man. Ollie <laughs> <laughs> no, tax as well. It's literally all eyes on Ronaldo, so it doesn't matter. So, moving around Europe, um, kind of brought it up earlier. Edwin, what do you think about uh, Barca, specifically in Memphis over the weekend? He was looking good, man. Yeah, no, it's you can definitely tell early stages. He's, he's definitely come into this Barcelona team, and he's definitely making it his team he's definitely stepping up in the absence of Messi and yeah I think it's you know if you're a Barcelona fan great things you you know you're going to be happy to see that Memphis is the person that's that's coming in and making a difference especially with with all the the craziness that's happening within Barcelona um but he got it he got a goal he got an assist as well right no the assist was Jordi Alba either way he got on the score sheet he's and he's coming up big you know, and it's I want to say that I'm surprised, but at the same time, I'm not really because he did really find himself again when he, on that move to Lyon and rediscovered his his form and his talent back when he was in France. Um, and he's he's bringing that on to 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 the Catalans. So amazing things. Hopefully, he keeps it up and and he could really push Barcelona to to their limits this season. Yeah, no, I um, I I think he's trying to put the team on his back. Good to see. Good to see. All right. Enough about Barca. Um, if Lewis, your favorite team, Juventus, lost one nothing. <laughs> oh, oh, we, we, we celebrating? What are we doing? Cause for concern? Um, I think one point in two games from Juventus. Um, not the best opposition either. And they were up to nothing uh, in the last game. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely a bad start for Allegri. Um, here at Juve, no Ronaldo to score some goals. Um. They're gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna be tough for them to find some goals. They need to rely on their wingers a lot. Um, I'm not gonna press the panic button yet because I think the talent will eventually subdue 
their their insecurities throughout the team, but a little cause for concern, I'll say. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and then of course, biggest thing over the weekend, uh, Messi finally made his uh, his debut with PSG. It was very weird seeing him with that jersey. I don't know about you guys, but I was just like, I don't like. That? I think he should only play away games. What's the, what's the away color? <laughs> oh, what the white one? Oh, that the one. Blue looks one looks weird. Cool. The blue one looks weird. I don't like the the all blue. Doesn't look good on him. On him, or you don't like the kit in general? I don't think it looks good on him. It's a little weird. I mean, he's gonna take some getting used. Yeah, because I feel like Mbappe pulls it off pretty well. Yeah, Mbappe Neymar. pulls it off. And I'm Neymar's it looks weird on him. Though. Yeah, no, oh, you I, know, I think the white. You know what it the is? The white one is kind of like the Barca one. You know what that it they is? had a couple years ago. I feel like I feel like the kit was kind of baggy on Messi, so I feel like yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it looked kind of weird that it was baggy. But like he when needs you, to go. He needs to go upside slim down. Fit. Yeah, that slim fit is going to size down. He has to talk to MJ. <laughs> but our boy Mbappe, two goals. Hakimi got his uh, first assist, I think, in League One. Um, Joseph Pedro was very upset that he was that Mbappe was happy. Pretty perfect, much ruining, pretty much ruining night. the TikTok. Perfect night, but yeah, perfect night for Mbappe, as he put it on Instagram. But two goals. I'm um, ready to continue the season with PSG. PSG rolling. Finally, looked a little better defensively, not allowing a goal. They, they were pretty good at the first, pretty bad the first couple of games, but yeah. Keep rolling. How does Mbappe finish off the season? Oh, I think he's gonna keep playing well. Um, I think he has nothing to. He has nothing to prove uh, to anyone. Like I said, I think it's I think he's the contract sign. He's going to Madrid, and we'll see how professional he could be about it. So that's I guess the, the thing that thing I'm looking forward to, or I'm looking out for. All right, well uh, that wraps it up for us, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Talk some more cup qualifiers and previewing the next weekend. And just a little side note, so you guys could just understand for all the listeners out there. Our plan is to release, uh, to record Tuesdays and release Wednesdays uh, for weeks where there's no Champions League football on midweek. And then when there is Champions League football, we're going to record Monday, release Tuesday, and record Thursday and release Friday. So, yeah, keep uh, keep an eye out for that. Thanks for the support, guys. Uh, give us a subscribe, a follow, Instagram, Twitter, and, you know, keep it going. Thank you guys for listening. Smash that like button. Like Lewis said, follow us on Instagram at the false nine. You can follow my personal handle at Edwin 23 R. That'd be highly appreciated. I, I love all the support guys. Thanks again. This was the false nine podcast, baby.